Sweet, sweet, sweet. Thank you, sir. Be seated. Man, I've had a good time this weekend. Um, I just I wanted to say it again, just really publicly appreciate this church. You know, my, my dad passed away, and uh, the, week, the, the, the day after I was supposed to be here, and I mean, well, Thursday, I was supposed to be here Sunday, the funeral was on Monday, and uh, it, dad couldn't have went more peaceful. I was in the room with him when he passed. Uh, I, was, I was sitting there with him, and, and, and I, I was just talking to him, you know, and just saying, all right, mama's waiting on you, daddy's waiting on you, and, and I kind of lost track of everybody in ICU, and, and I was just sitting there talking to daddy and preaching to him and cheering him on, and, and when I looked around, everybody in ICU was behind me. I had, I had, got, I had, I had an audience, and uh, I didn't know they were there, and man, some of them were you know, people, they don't, they don't understand eternity like we do. And I knew my daddy. I talked to my daddy every night, 9, 9.30, and I knew daddy was ready. I knew daddy was ready to see him some mama. <laughs> you may know what I'm talking about? And so I was like, all right, daddy, it's time to go. Heaven's waiting on you. Our granddaddy's got his hand out. He's pulling you. You know, I just, and so uh, the way you guys, you know, just rescheduled and it just it just it, it just meant a lot it meant a lot and so thank you so much um for just loving on us and and believing in us and can't imagine you know not coming to the remnant and just see because every time i come y'all go chikoon, 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 chikoon. real quick miss rachel i'll be out there at the at the back and um you can sign up for the daily move always ask people to pray about partnering with us you can grab that blue packet uh, in a nutshell when you partner with us, everywhere we go, everywhere we go, everywhere we go, you go with me. And, uh, and of course, this church has been a partner with our ministry corporately uh, for years. But uh, if you want to do that individually, you can grab a packet. Uh, that, that, news, that flash drive is out there. All those series out there uh, are on the flash drive. And then uh, when you get the flash drive, you, the book's for free. And uh, by itself, it's just $15. We just put it out. Let's have a little fun. Pick a number between 1 and 100. 52. 52. There's 222 moves is what I call them. See, I, I don't believe in the, qua- the quantity of words. I believe in the quality of words. There's just... It's hard for me to say something until I've meditated on it enough to be able to say the thought with the least amount of words possible. That makes sense to y'all? So this is just number 52. Let's see which one he picked. Take a breath. Slow down and take a breath. Please take a moment to ponder over the spiritual journey I've taken you on so far. We've been moving deeper, which involves moving closer to the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. I want to begin a new leg of this journey, which will move you into the infinite love of the Father. This love that will grant you access to great faith. So keep moving forward and stay the course. That's just, that's number 52. So anyway, the book's out there and you can use your credit card or your debit card and it'll be a blessing to you. Amen? Amen. I got something I want to share with you, but before we do, um, you know, someone once said what you hate the most is what God's called you to correct. You know, ministry has just as much to do with hate as love. If you're going to tell me you love people, then you better be able to show me what you hate. Because how in the world can you love people and not hate what's trying to destroy people? 
Huh? And so preachers that hate sin, they preach holiness. Preachers that hate sickness and disease, they preach healing. Preachers that, come on, and that's not just preachers, it's people. If you hate poverty, you're going to preach prosperity. If you hate ignorance, you're going to preach. What do you hate? What do you hate? It's a clue. It's a key to what God's anointed you to do. Amen? And so one of the things I hate is I hate pain. I hate pain. It's probably because I've passed a lot of kidney stones. Anybody ever passed a kidney stone? I know what pain is. I've dealt with pain in my back for years. You know, I, I, I know what pain is. And I have a lot of compassion for those that are in pain. And everywhere I go, people get healed. Brian walked up to me in the bathroom. Yeah. Yesterday, what happened in the altar? Come on. God took away all your... Yeah. Did anyone touch you? You're just down in the altar. I hate pain. Is, is there so, how many of you right now, on a scale of 1 to 10, you're in some kind of pain tonight? Just raise soreness, stiffness, pain. You're just in some sort of pain. Great, lift your hands. Keep them up. Now everybody look around. Look at all the people that are in pain. That's a lot of people. Let's do this. Put your hands down. How many of you, it's kind of light? It's like a 1, 2, or a 3. It's kind of light. Light. Yeah, light. How many of it's a little more than light? It's kind of, it's kind of, you know, four, five, and six. It's kind of like kicking like fried chicken. You know what I mean? It's, you, you, it's, it's kind of messed up your day. How many of you? It's kind of a miracle you're here tonight because it's like an eight, nine, or a ten, and you just, and you're just in a lot of pain. That's you, and that's you. Yeah, a couple of you. Where are you hurting, sweetie? In your back. Ooh. Where are you hurting, sweetie? In your back. Now, what's your name? Rebecca. Miss Rebecca. Ah, what's your name? Miss Connie. Ooh, I had me an Aunt Connie. <laughs> that is, that my Aunt Connie. Y'all two, come up here. Come up here. Oh, can, we, can we pray for them? Yeah. Brother Philip, what if they don't get healed? What if, what if they both get healed? <laughs> no, 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 come here. Y'all just come and draw hands right here. I'm going to move, 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 right there. Okay, now, now, no, no, you don't have to, nobody has to stand behind them. Just, what if y'all get so healed that tonight you sleep all night, you don't toss and turn, you don't wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, you get up in the morning and you get out of bed and there's no pain, there's no soreness, there's no stiffness, and you're walking around your house and it takes you about 30 minutes to realize that you're not hurting anymore. And when you realize it, you're like, OMG, LOL. <laughs> and then you get on Facebook and you go, OMG, LOL. I'm not, wouldn't that be cool? Wonderful. Can God do it? Yes. Now let's do this. I want some help. If you're in any kind of pain, come up here and gather around them. On a scale of 1 to 10, if you're in any pain, come up here and help me pray. <laughs> now come on up. Now don't start praying yet. Kind of gather around over here. Kind of gather around over here. Uh, Brother Philip, uh, you probably don't know it, but when you pray for the sick, you need to have somebody on the keyboard. Uh, Brother Philip, uh, you're probably not aware of this, but uh, you probably need to lower the lights if they're going to be healed. Really? Yeah. 
Is the church police going to come get me because we're not lowering the lights and then the keyboard? Miss Rebecca and Miss Connie. Um, here's the first thing. I'm not going to ask God to heal y'all. That ain't my thing. I don't do that. I don't believe in asking God to do stuff he's already done. It's not my thing. Uh, I, believe, I believe the anointing breaks every yoke of bondage. And, 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 and you're able to just reach out and receive what Jesus Christ did for you when he died on the cross and when he took those stripes on his back. Amen. Because the whole reason he took those stripes on his back was so that you wouldn't have to have pain in your back. Like, where do you hurt? In your back. What about you? Your hips. What about you? Your shoulder. If anybody understands pain in their shoulders, it's him. He had a beam on his. And he's carrying a beam on his shoulders that didn't have any skin and his muscles were ripped. So if anybody understands shoulder pain, it's, it's JC. Right? Where, where are you hurt, sweetie? I'm sorry. I promise that I don't. No, it's okay. That's okay. Oh, where do you hurt? And your teeth. If anybody understands pain in their mouth, it's him. They beat him in the face. His jaws were... So we're, we're going we're gonna to pray. But here's the thing. I've got to tell my story. All right? Because every time I tell this story, people get healed. So you want me to tell this story? Last time I was here, I told the story. Year before that, I told the story. Uh, I'll tell it again next year because I'm free from the fear of repetition. Because <laughs> this is one of the greatest gifts God's ever given me. Because every time I tell this story, even when I start to tell that I'm about to tell the story, the anointing begins to fall. There was a lady. She was sitting right over here. Now, every church has right over here, so it's not mine. This church, it was right over there. Her knee was messed up. So her daughter came and said, will you come pray for my mama? Her knee's messed up. I said, yeah, baby, I'll come pray for your mama. So I walk over there, real sweet lady. She had turned a chair around, and she had her leg up. And so, Miss Rebecca, Miss Connie, I sit there and start praying for her. And as I'm praying, the Lord spoke to me and told me to watch her. And so I'm watching her. I get through praying. I say amen. And then... I'm watching, and then I saw what God wanted me to see. She never moved her knee. And the reason she didn't move her knee is because she didn't believe she was healed. Because if she would have believed she was healed, she would have moved her knee. But the reason she didn't move her knee is because she didn't believe she was healed. She didn't even want to be healed. She just wanted me to pray for her. She wanted some attention from the preacher. She wanted some sympathy. She wanted a little extra attention. I'm not here to give you any attention. I am not Mr. Sympathy. I am not here to give you affection. I'm here because I want you healed. I, I want these two women to have the best night's sleep they have had in years. I want tomorrow to be, come on, tomorrow and next week and next month and next year. And when I come back, y'all walk up to me, give me the biggest hug in the world, big kiss on the cheek. Wow, I've got I've to do this to get your spit off of me. And you say, you know what? I would, man, I was, I, God healed me last time you were healed, and I've had the best year in decades. That's what I want. Amen? So here's the deal. When we get through praying, I want y'all to do what that woman didn't do. 
When you hear me say amen, when, I'm, I'm, when I get through praying, I'm going to count to three. When after I count to three, I want you to begin to move your back. I want you to bend over. I want you to twist a little bit. I want you to move. And when you do, I believe every ounce of pain. You ever seen flash paper? I love flash paper. I get on YouTube and watch videos of flash paper. You see why? Because no matter how big a piece of flash paper is, when fire hits it, what happens? It's gone. We're going to pray in all your pain. Say it. Gone. Now come on. Put your hand, stretch your hands out. You're stretching your hands of compassion out. Don't start revving up. Your revving up don't, doesn't move God. We're not down here to gang up on God and try to get Him to do something He really doesn't want to do. Compassion. For a minute, can you, put, can you let their pain be in your heart? Can you do it? Can you forget about your pain for a minute and let their pain be in your heart? Father, Miss Rebecca, Miss Connie, you've been hurting for years. Father, you know every ibuprofen. You know every Aleve. Father, you know every hydrocodone. You know every doctor's visit. You know every dollar they've spent at chiropractors and doctors. Father, you know every shot. Father, you know every MRI, every x-ray. Father, you know it all. Enough's enough. Father, thank you for the anointing right now that breaks every yoke of bondage. Father, I thank you. You're stripping off of them anything that would keep them from receiving what Jesus Christ provided for them when he allowed those 39 stripes on his back. Thank you for the anointing the anointing, for the anointing. Father, I thank you right now that in this anointing, angels are moving. Angels are moving. Angels, angels are here. Angels are working their way in and out. Father, I thank you. They're ministering spirits sent to minister for the heirs of salvation. And Father, just as if they moved the waters in John 5, Father, angels are stirring the waters right now down at this altar. Now, Satan, we rebuke you, we bind you, and we command you to go. You lying spirit that's told them it's going to get worse. They're going to have to learn to live with it. We rebuke you. We command you to go. Pain, soreness, stiffness. We rebuke you. We bind you and we command you to go. Father, all the darkness from the pit of hell that's lodged its way in the body and in the muscle and in the blood. We rebuke you. We command you to go. Now, Father, I thank you right now that light is flooding their bodies. Healing is flooding their bodies. We declare for all of heaven and hell to hear they're healed, they're whole, bone, blood, ligaments, tendons, organs. Body be healed, be whole. Vertebrae be healed and whole. Discs be healed and whole. Nerves, muscle be healed and whole. Father, we thank you. You're not doing anything. It's done. Yes. Father, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Now be real still. Because it's happened again. While you, were, while you were praying for them, God snuck up on you and healed you when you weren't looking. Everyone down here right now, while you were praying for Connie and Rebecca, God snuck up behind you and touched your body. And that anointing broke the yoke. 
And that pain, soreness, and stiffness has been dealt with. And healing has hit you like a Mack truck. And just like flash paper, gone. Now I'm going to count to three and I want every one of you down at the altar to do what that woman didn't do. Whatever was hurting, sore, stiff, I want you to move it, bend it, touch it, squeeze it. I want you to move it and when you do, get ready for a surprise. Y'all ready? One, two, three. Move. Move your body. Bend over, touch your toes. Move your shoulders. Move your hands and your fingers. Move your elbows and your neck. Move your jaw around wherever that tooth was. Reach in your mouth and touch it. Come on, check your knees out. Check your ankles. Come on, keep somebody lift up the name of Jesus. Come on now. Move your feet. Move your feet. Move your feet. Yeah, keep moving a little bit. All right. What? It's gone. Come on. How long has this been since you felt this? We talking weeks, months, or years? Years. years. How are you? And shoot straight with me. Don't lie to, to protect the preacher. Better. Better. Thank you. So if it was an 8, 9, or 10, what is it now? Four. About a 4. See, I like that. It's accuracy. Okay, so turn around. Let's do this. Turn around. How many of you, the pain's gone? Pain's gone. Pain's gone. How many of you, the pain is a lot better? A lot better. A lot better. A lot better. Okay, turn back around. If, it, if it's better, come up here and, and actually touch her. Touch her. Touch her. Let me see your hands. Just close your eyes. Don't pray. Just be real still. Angels are working. Angels are working. See, sometimes... The body needs healing, but sometimes there needs to be creative miracles and, and certain things need to be replaced. New joints, new muscles, new tendons, new nerves. New. Not healed. New. See, a healing is when God turns dirty water into clean water. A miracle is when God turns dirty water into wine. So, Father, I just thank you right now there's wine. There's wine. There's wine. Miracles. Creative miracles. Wine. Creative miracles. Wine. Creative miracles. Wine. Thank you, Father. Miss Connie. Wine. Oh, Miss Connie. Wine. Wine. So I, 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 I for all, going, 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 Ooh, going. 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 Come on, going. Somebody prophesy. Y'all ready? Going, going, and gone. Jesus' name. Now, everyone that it, you said better, I'm going to count to three. Check your body again. One, two, three. Check it. Check it. Hallelujah. Check it. Check it. All right. Check it. All right, if it's a four, what about now? Three. Three, it's coming down. Amen. Yeah. At four o'clock, I was at the chiropractor. My back was terrible. I came to church. I gave the chiropractor a pain level seven. Woo! Hallelujah. 
Now, go back to your seat, and from the time you get back to your seat, from the time you walk out of this building, while you're listening to me, more importantly, listening to the Holy Ghost, I want y'all to be, I want you to continue to move and thank God that it's done. So while you're sitting there, I want you to wiggle and keep moving whatever was hurting and just, say, and just keep doing this. Father, I just thank you it's done. I just thank you it's done. Amen? Amen. Ooh. All right. Do y'all have... Man. I want to pray something over y'all. Do y'all have a favorite chapter? Come on, give me what's your, one of your favorite chapters. Uh, Matthew. Matthew, that's a book. <laughs> you, are on, you are on the clock right now. <laughs> Elder, you better give me a chapter. Chapter 6 of Matthew. Matthew 6, all right. Come give me a chapter. You like, ooh, I love me some Romans 8. Mm, who shall separate us? Ooh, look, pastor, give me your cha- favorite chapter. You like you some Colossians 1? Come on. We got a young person who has a favorite chapter. You got a favorite chapter? Second Timothy 1. All right. One of my favorite chapters, and this is how favorite this chapter is to me. I will boldly say that I don't personally think there's anybody on the planet that's read this chapter more than me. I mean, that's when you can truthfully say a chapter is your favorite, when you have the boldness, the audacity to say, ain't nobody read this chapter more than I have. How many of you think you could do that with a chapter? It's Deuteronomy 8. It's one of my favorite. I love me some Deuteronomy 8. I read it all the time. Because the reason I love it is because if you get Deuteronomy 8 right, you can get life right. There's so much in Deuteronomy 8 that if you get Deuteronomy 8 right, you can get life right. Now, the scripture everybody knows in Deuteronomy 8, it's kind of the crescendo of the chapter. It's Deuteronomy 8.18. And it's a really sweet scripture. Everybody loves this scripture. Because it, it kind of appeals to our, our blessing. It says this, that God will give you the power to gain wealth so you may establish His covenant around the world. Isn't that sweet? God will give you, it didn't say He'd give you wealth. He said He'd give you the power to gain wealth. Why? So you can establish His covenant around the world. In other words, He'll bless you to be a blessing. blessing. He'll give you the power to gain wealth. What is wealth? It's not just money. It's having everything you need to do everything God's called you to do. Is that okay? Stop getting hung up on the word prosperity. That's a Bible word. It just means have enough divine provision to complete a divine assignment. It means to have enough to have all your needs met and have enough left over to meet the needs of the kingdom. How many of you want to be prosperous? All right. Quit being hung up on that word. It's a Bible word. Amen? All right. Wealth is the same word. It's just having everything you need to do everything God's called you to do. So in other words, if God can get wealth through you, He'll get it to you. So it's one of the scriptures I stand on. I ask God all the time, Father, give me the power to gain wealth. Why? So I can establish His covenant around the world. So I can support missionaries all over the world. I don't want to be the smallest tither in the church. I want to be the biggest tither in the church. I want to build Bible schools in other countries. I want to build orphanages in other countries. I want to feed the poor. Amen. Amen. I want to travel the world and come on and, and preach and establish nationals to reach their nation for Jesus. Do you know what it takes to do all that? Wealth. That's the scripture everybody knows. 
But there's some things in that chapter you've got to get right to be able to reach out by faith and grab hold of that Scripture. And there's three words that dominate that chapter. Three words. The first word is in there three times. The second word is in there three times. And the third word's in there four times. So think about that. One chapter, he says one word three times. The second word three times. And the third word, he says it four times. So y'all know what those three words are? Remember what I told you. If you'll get Deuteronomy 8 right, you can get life right. The first word is commandments. Three times. Keep the commandments, keep the commandments, keep the commandments. Well, do you think that's talking about Old Testament commandments? No. We're not under the law anymore. Are we? We're not under the law. We're under grace. We're in a new dispensation. What Jesus said, that if you'll keep the great commandment, that if you'll keep the great commandment, you fulfill all the law and all the prophets. Right? So when you're in the Old Testament and you see the word commandments, 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 that's God's way of telling you, uh, you better keep the great commandment. You better love God and you better love people. You better love God, you better love people. And it's the great commandment, it's not the great commission. I mean, it's not the great suggestion. When my daddy told me to mow the yard, it wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment. Did I want to mow the yard? No. Was I going to complain the whole time? Yes. Was I going to wait till the last minute to do it? Yes. Was I going to mow the yard? Yes. I don't feel like it. I don't care what you feel like. It's a commandment. It's not a suggestion or a request. It ain't got nothing to do with your emotions. Right? Oh, I want the power to gain wealth so I can establish God's God. You better keep those commandments. But there's something else that's a commandment too. And pastor just said it's the Great Commission. And the commission says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so here's the deal. It's a a three-way deal. If you're not going to go into all the world and preach the gospel, you better make sure you're going into your world and preach the gospel. And if you're not going to go into all the world and preach the gospel, you better send someone in your place. Let me say it again. If you're not going to go into all the world and leave your home, your culture, your refrigerator, your family, if you're not going to go then you better find someone and send them. And you don't send them with a pat on the back. Huh? Come on. Praying for you. Man, shut up. You ain't praying. As soon as you walk out of my sight, I'm not going to think about you again. The only thing I'm going to think about is I'm glad you're going and not me. Been in church all my life. I know the game. Amen? But, there's, but when you see commandments, you better see this too. Because in, in our, under grace, we're supposed, to be, we're supposed to be led by the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to walk in the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to live in the Holy Ghost. So when you see commandments, you're, 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 you're feeling three things. You better love God, love people. You better go into all the world and preach the gospel or send somebody in your place. And you better be led by the Holy Ghost. That's what commandments mean. And he said it three times. Three times. The job of this church, one of the jobs of this church is to keep the commandments of God. Love God, love people. Go to the world. Be led by the Holy Ghost. Spiritual power. Here's the other word. The second word, three times, humility. Be humble, be humble, be humble. God humbled you, God humbled you, God humbled you in the wilderness. 
He fed you manna that your fathers knew not. Why? To humble you, to humble you, to humble you. Now the thing about this word humility, it's kind of hard to define it. You can learn more about what humility is by knowing what humility isn't. And the thing about humility is you can't go around telling everybody how humble you are. If someone ever gives you an award for being the most humble, don't walk around with it or we'll have to take the award away from you because humble people don't carry awards. Right? So how I can explain to you what humility is is by telling you what humility is not. It's one of the greatest revelations God's ever given me. I'm fixing to explain everything going on in the world right now demonically. Y'all ready? Okay. The opposite of humility is pride. Right? Pride is having something in your life that means everything to you. It could be your money. It could be your voice. It could be your talent, your giftings, your looks. Right? Pride. Why did Satan fall? Pride. Pride. So it means everything to you. The problem with pride, though, is when you fall into the sin of pride, you have no choice whatsoever but to live in fear. Fear is the brother or the sister of pride. Why? Because if you have pride, you're going to live in fear that somebody's going to come along and take away what you're so prideful over. So if your pride is wrapped up in your money, you're going to live in fear that somebody's going to come along and take away your So wherever there's pride, there's fear. And wherever there's fear, there's paranoia. Because when you live in fear, you live with your head on a swivel. And you're always looking. Why? You're paranoid. Because, you know, somebody's coming. Somebody's coming. You look what's around the corner, what's on the other side of the door. Somebody's going to come and try to take away my spot, take away my money. Take away. So I'm paranoid because I don't want anybody to, to sneak up on me and take away what means everything to me. And wherever there's paranoia, there's control. So when you see a control freak, what you have is you have someone who's paranoid. The reason they're paranoid is because they live in fear. And the reason they live in fear is because they're full of... I just explained to you every pharaoh, every Caesar, every king that the world's ever known. I just described to you the leader of North Korea. He's full of pride. He lives in fear. He's the most parano- one of the most paranoid people in all the world. And he's an absolute control freak, and he rules his kingdom with an iron fist. And any, anybody that threatens, or he even thinks threatens his spot, what does he do to him? I just beautifully described to you Satan's kingdom. Satan fell because of pride. He lives in fear. He's the most paranoid creature in the world, and he is a control freak. He rules his kingdom with an iron fist. Okay? So, what are the opposites of those words? So the opposite of humility is pride. The opposite of fear is love. So where there's humility, there's going to be love. The opposite of paranoia is peace. So where you have humility, you have love. Where you have love, you have peace. What's the opposite of control? Trust. So... You want the power to gain wealth so you can establish His covenant around the world? You've got to keep those commandments, but you've got to let love rule. And how you know love rules? It's because you have, you, that, you have that humility. 
You got that love. You have a peace. And because of that peace, you have a trust in God that passes all. So how do you know if you're humble? Uh, let me check your love walk. Let me check out your, your peace. And let me see who your trust is in. Third word. Commandments. Humility. And here's the other word. Multiplication. That word's in there four times. God's not a God of addition. He's not a God of subtraction. He's not a God of division. He's a God of multiplication. He is El Shaddai. He's the God of more than enough. God's never done anything enough in His, in his whole universe. He gave us more planet than, than we need. He gave us more universe than we need. He gave us more coal, more oil, more water. He, anything He's ever done, it's more than enough. Three times in that chapter it mentions manna. He never gave them enough manna. He always gave them more than enough manna. Gave them instructions on what to do with it. He told them, listen, I'm going to give you more manna than you need. Now you better not take what's extra into your tent because if you do, you're going to wake up in the morning it's going to be stinking. So just take what you need, leave the rest of it on the ground, and in the morning it'll all be gone and there'll be a new batch there. He's a God of more than enough. Our issue is we don't think like He thinks. See, when you think of water, what do you think of? Well, some water. I think of water. But when God thinks of water, He don't think of this. He thinks of the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean. That's water to Him. When you think of wood, what do you think of wood? I can't wait for winters. I'll give me a fire. Wood. He don't think of wood. He thinks of the redwood forest. The baobab trees of Africa that you can drive two cars in side by side. The bunion tree that I preached under in, uh, in uh, Ontana Island in Vanuatu. Come on, God, 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 God thinks of oceans. He thinks of redwood forests. When you think of rocks, what do you think about? These are rocks. Oh, man, we've got like little rocks. we got the gravel. Like the right, right. No, God thinks of the Rocky Mountains. He thinks of Mount Everest. He thinks of Mount Kilimanjaro. He's a God of multiplication. He's a God of oceans, mountains, and redwood forests. And He's not here to give you enough. Don't ever pray enough again. Because enough takes care of you, but it does nothing for the kingdom. It does nothing for missionaries. It does nothing for your church. God doesn't respond to enough prayers. He responds to more than enough prayers. Prayers. He is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. He's a God of multiplication. Where are we at? We're back to Deuteronomy 8.18. When you keep His commandments, and you humble, and it manifests in your love walk, and your peace, and your trust, and you know you serve a big God who wants to do a big thing on the inside of you? Ooh, come on. One of the very first steps you're going to have to take if you really want to understand that God's a God of multiplication, you'll never get there. You'll never have that in your heart unless you, until you first begin to tithe. That's where it begins. 
I love the tithe. Let me, let me, let me, let me take two minutes. I don't tithe because I have to. I tithe because I get to. I don't tithe because I'm afraid of what's going to happen if I don't. I tithe because I have an excitement because I know what happens when I do. And the thing about tithing is when you tithe, you're not giving. What do you mean I'm not giving? You're not giving anything. If pastor lets me borrow his truck, and, 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 I, and I, I take it for two weeks, and I come back, and I tie a big bow on it, and I say, hey, pastor, I got you something. <laughs> come on outside, I got you something. And he walks outside, he goes, I got you a truck. And he's like, I'm going crazy. You didn't give me a truck. You give me back my. When you tithe, you're not giving anything. You're giving back to God what already belongs to you. Help me with something. Let me, let, me, let me put a nail in this coffin. So, so, so watch this. So watch this. I, I, I'm the daddy. Here, here's the son. It works, right? It does for me. <laughs> no, let's reverse it. It's more believable. We're, we're, at, the, we're at the carnival. We're at the carnival. We're walking around the carnival. And I say, hey, daddy. Hey, daddy. Hey, daddy. Hey, daddy. Uh, you told me I could get something to eat. Can I have some nachos? I want some nachos. Can I have some nachos? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we get, I'll get you some nachos. Are you sure now? Are you sure you want some nachos? I want some nachos. Okay, because I'm just going to be able to get you some. Okay, some nachos. Awesome. All right, so we get some nachos. And so he goes up and he buys the nachos. And we got the nachos. And we got the cheese. And we got the jalapenos. And they're so good. And so, daddy, thank you so much for the nachos. Oh, these are so good. And, 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 and then Papa says, Papa says, hey, hey, hey. Would you, would you mind if I, could I, could I have a few nachos? He, get, get me, can something. I have a few nachos? Just a couple. What's your problem? <laughs> the, 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 these, the, these are my nachos. If, if you want some nachos, you're the daddy. Go get your own nachos. <laughs> these, are, these are my nachos. Nacho, nacho. I, I, yeah, no, a, you gave them to me. And so they're mine. And I don't know why you want my nachos. I guess that's all you ever wanted was my nachos. <laughs> Go get your own nachos. Can you believe it? My daddy bought me nachos and then he had the audacity to ask me for a few. That's stupid, isn't it? That's how stupid it is for people not to tithe. Nachos! All your nachos are his. And he just wants 10% to take care of the kingdom. He could have asked for 20%, but he didn't. He could have asked for 50%, buddy. He could have asked for 90%, buddy. He just asked for 10 nachos. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Commandments, humility, we serve a God of multiplication, we serve a God of mountains, oceans, and mountains, and and forests. He's El Shaddai, he's the God of more than enough. And I'm telling you, he wants to pour out in your life the power to gain wealth so you can establish his covenant around the world. That's why it's one of my favorite chapters. I give 20% of my income back into the kingdom. I tithe 10% to my church. I give back to God what already belongs to Him. But on top of that, we support 12 ministries around the world. 
I give as the Holy Ghost leads me to give. Altogether, it's 20%. Everything we do in ministry, we live on 80. And God knows because He can get it through me, He gets it to me. It's time for the remnant, more than ever before, to operate under an open heaven and to operate under extreme phenomenal wealth. In other words, y'all have everything y'all need to do everything God's called you to do around the world. But see, God just doesn't want to pour that out on the remnant. He wants to pour that out on you and your business and your job. And you can reach out with your faith and receive it. Come on, if you want it, lift your hands. I'm going to pray over you. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Father, in the days ahead, we're going to keep your commandments. Father, we're going to love you. We're going to be worshipers. Father, we're going to love people. Father, we're either going to go to the world or we're going to send somebody in our place. Father, we're going to obey the best we can, the Holy Ghost. Father, we, Father, we don't want to be full of pride. We want to be full of humility. We want to love walk. We want to operate out of peace. And we want to have a trust in you that passes all understanding. Father... Help us move beyond subtraction, addition, addition. And Father, help us see you the way you want us to see you. Father, we declare tonight, you're a God of the mountains. You're a God of the oceans. You're the God of forests. You're a God of more than enough. Come on, lift your hands. And Father, right now, we reach out with our faith. And we declare that we have been given... The, 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 the power to gain wealth. So we as a people, as businesses, as families, as a church, may establish your covenant around the world. Father, we receive that power now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You need to give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Wow. Y'all just uh, stretch your hands toward Brother Philip right now. Father, in Jesus' name, um, we already know that uh, this is going to be his best year. Father, to come out with words like this, and I know they're not just empty words. He's not just a, one of these self-help, uh, let's feel good about life. It's the Word of God, and it's being produced and will manifest the kingdom of God in us and through us. We pray as he's poured out and sown into us, may it return to him. Good measure, pressed down. And everywhere he goes, the grace of God is there to manifest the great power of miracles, signs, wonders, revelation of the word, and whatever else you choose to pour in him and through him. And may you get all the glory as you use this vessel of honor. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming. Have a Jesus night.
price of praise A city on a hill Surrender to your will Your glory on display Your glory on display Awesome in this place Jesus, you are awesome in this place Worthy to be praised Jesus, you are
just the same. 